Hey, let's hope I remember how to do this. Uh, welcome back to the Stadium Journey Podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. Our, our, see, I did forget how to do this. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, is the world leader in sports travel information. We have reviews of over 2,500 stadiums from all around the world. And we're more than just an awesome website. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. As far as the podcast goes, you can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast simply by picking up your phone and searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever app, whatever search engine you use to find your favorite podcast. Video simulcasts of our podcast, we've got them all. They can be found at Stadium Journey's YouTube page and our classic back catalog. We've been doing this for five years now, guys. You can find those at vocnation.com. And for those of you who want to be part of our live studio audience, we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern at danlaw.tv. Hey, the gang is reunited, and it feels so good. Everybody's here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is online at Ballpark Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico's here, too. Find him at danlaw83. And my name is Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. And we are happy to be joined tonight by Stadium Journey's Alberta correspondent, Jim Flannery. Uh, for those of you who have been watching for a long time, uh, Jim, we're going to talk about, this is not a rerun. We've had Jim on the show before to talk about the goings-on in Calgary, specifically regarding the Saddledome. And uh, as uh, Dan was saying before the show started, uh, you know, as the Who once said, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. There's drama afoot still in Calgary, Jim, is there not? Uh, yeah, it's uh, been a little bit quiet for the last month or so, but uh, long story short, the arena deal, which was signed uh, in 2019, died January 1st, uh, and the city is in the process of trying to figure out how they're going to make that work going forward. So that's kind of the long and short of it. Whoops, I don't I know muted. what brilliant thing that. you said, Paul, but you were muted. Well, that's it. It's over. Sorry. Show's over. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I, that's exactly what I. <laughs> All said. right, thank you for watching. So, so, uh, <laughs> so there wasn't a there was a deal in place between the city and the team to build yeah. a new arena for the Flames. That's correct. Um, over the course of several years, uh, the city and the Calgary Sports and Entertainment uh, Company or Corporation uh, signed a deal. Uh, which was signed in the summer of 2019, uh, where they both agreed to pay roughly half of the bill for a shiny new arena to kind of try to bring them in line with uh, modern standards for a uh, NHL uh, caliber arena uh, and to compete with Edmonton, which is pretty much the main excuse for anything that happens in Calgary and vice versa. Uh, anything that happens in Edmonton is usually to show up Calgary. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so the deal was signed in 2019. They went to work on uh, the nitty-gritty of doing all the design process. That took a couple of years. Um, over that period of time, the price tag swelled by 50 or $60 million as they added more bells and whistles into the process. Uh, and by the end of December last year, uh, apparently the city was asking for too much in as far as the CSEC was concerned, and they decided to let the deal lapse. So uh, we're back into limbo where neither side is really talking to each other and 
again, they're trying to explore different options for trying to make this happen. Now, now the Rogers Rogers Place is in Edmonton. That had a price tag, if I remember correctly, of about five hundred million dollars. Is that correct? Yeah, I think five fifty was the final tally. Was the new place in Calgary going to approach that price tag, or uh, the the last number they had as of uh, late last year was around six hundred and thirty. So Ooh. it had ballooned up a little bit. Wow. So you can see why the taxpayers or the or the city of Calgary may have uh, balked a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if, if you want to go all the way back to the start of that whole story, yeah, the, the city of Calgary has been uh, a little bit on the fence about putting any mon- money into this almost since day one. Um, but yeah, uh, as, as the price continued to grow over the last couple of years, uh, I mean, the deal within the contract was that uh, the Flames organization would take care of any extra over costs uh and so they were the ones who ultimately pulled the plug because the last few uh bits and pieces that were added on there in terms of making sure that the arena was sufficiently green um with solar panels and that kind of thing uh yeah the the flames finally said you know what the nine million dollars for solar panels is too much we're done we're out that was the straw huh yeah (laughs) would that have not been a uh spot where they could have maybe got some help from the the federal government i mean i know federal government's not overly keen on spending any money on hockey arenas but Mm -hmm. like if if i feel like if if you and i can get some sort of a rebate for putting solar panels on our house (laughs) you know maybe maybe there's some sort of a rebate for like a whole lot of solar panels or whatever in, in a in a hockey arena or something like that uh, if I had to guess, I would say there was probably 30 different ways they could have done that. Um, whether it was getting a couple of extra bucks out of the federal government or trying to squeeze the provincial government for a couple of bucks so that they could put their name on it as well. Uh, or, I mean, $9 million for uh, the CSEC is nothing. Uh, they're owned by a billionaire. He probably could have found the money in his, uh, you know, his sofa cushions uh so yeah there there are lots of ways that could have gotten addressed uh but this seemed to be the one where it was just a bridge too far the the costs were continuing to overrun and the cal uh, the city of calgary was not picking up any of it it was all going on to the flames organization so they finally went yeah we're just this is enough we're not doing it now was was this deal negotiated with the same uh regime as the as the ones who cut off the deal yes uh the the organization within uh the csec which owns the calgary flames the calgary stampeders the hitmen in junior hockey and the roughnecks in the national lacrosse league uh has been substantially the same for quite a number of years i meant the city of calgary on the city of calgary side uh they're uh city council changed over in I believe it was the fall. Uh, there was an election. Uh, the previous mayor, uh, Nahed Nenshi, uh, decided to step away. Uh, he was replaced by a new mayor, Jody Gondek, who's been a city councillor for quite a number of years and who actually has a degree in urban planning. So she's kind of an expert on how to make a city work. <laughs> um so that would assume there is such a thing well exactly (laughs) exactly so um 
anyway, she's intimately familiar with the process of, of building things in a municipal environment. Um, whether or not she was pushing real hard in the background uh, is a source for debate. There isn't really any information officially on that, uh, but certainly she would have been aware of the goings on. Now, if, if I have this correct, uh, when the original deal was signed um, and, and previous, uh, like back as far as the, the whole Calgary Next project, which included a, a, a stadium um, for the Stampeders, and I think it was a dome stadium too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And it uh, was really a, a pretty big reach. Um, yeah. But all the way back then, it seemed that the mayor, uh, Mayor Nenshi, was not not overly interested in you know the city funding this. And I got the sense that when they when they signed this, it was kind of the city council behind the mayor that was really pushing this and, and maybe put him in a in a spot where he didn't necessarily want to be. Is it mm-hmm. is that fair to say? Um. It's certainly not unfair to say. Uh, I know there were certainly forces within uh, city council and around town that wanted that new arena. Uh, and again, I think jealousy is at least part of that factor. Uh, with arena, uh, a new arena in Edmonton, uh, there were people in Calgary saying, well, why don't we have a new one? Ours is 40 years old. We need to fix this. Um, but yeah, uh, Mayor Nenshi, again, is very much a guy who understands urban planning he understands that uh, a city just paying the bill for a brand new uh, rink doesn't necessarily make enough money over the course of the lifetime of that thing to justify it so uh, when the first Calgary Next deal was proposed in 2015 uh, he put his foot down immediately said yeah we're not doing that Uh, and it was not just that it was going to be a half billion dollars for the arena but it was also going to be at least a half billion dollars to remediate the land where they wanted to put this place Uh, probably closer to a full billion Um, if you go back far enough in calgary's history the place where they wanted to locate it right next to the bow river uh, used to be a logging facility Uh, and so the entire area is contaminated with creosote and all kinds of other fun and interesting chemicals so uh, the remediation process was going to be extremely expensive and that all by itself kind of killed the project before they even got to the negotiation table Uh, but the bottom line for for Mr. Nenshi and most of the rest of city council was we're not paying a half a billion dollars for a rink for you and we're certainly not paying another half billion dollars just to set up the land for you Uh, so that kind of led to the next four years going through negotiations to figure out something where they could actually get a deal done. Um, my impression is that uh, Mr. Nenshi was satisfied with that deal by the end of it, that uh, the city wasn't putting too much investment into it and they were going to get something back in return in terms of developing the area around uh, the stampede grounds where the saddle dome is currently located. So um, I think everybody kind of perceived that deal as a win-win. Um and we could debate for the next hour whether or not it was, but um, <laughs> doesn't <that's>, matter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, by last year, somebody wasn't happy, and yeah. So, how much? Um, obviously, the mayor had changed hands. Uh, how much? Uh, how much more turnover was there on on city council in the last election? Uh, there were three or four people who uh, 
who ran for mayor and lost, and so now they're out of the picture, uh, at least one of whom was in that negotiation team for, for the city uh, that had brokered that 2019 deal. Um, and he was pretty vocal in his disappointment when when the deal collapsed last year um, and kind of put the blame directly on at the feet of the mayor, uh, the new mayor, that is. Um, Convenient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's an easy scapegoat. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so there was a certain amount of turnover, but uh, for the most part, city council has been the same for uh, the last number of years. So there were enough people around who had seen that whole process from start to finish that uh, I think they, they understood that history pretty well. So now uh, you being in, in Lethbridge, which is a, a south of Calgary, uh, junior hockey hotbed. Um, yep. Does the news that uh, the the Phoenix Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, are going to play in a five thousand seat arena is is that does that give you hope that the Calgary Flames are going to just mosey on down the highway to Lethbridge and, <laughs> and play uh, in the what is it, the N N Max N Max Center? Center? Uh, I'm going to go with no, uh, although, uh, I mean, in, in anticipation of building the new arena, they knocked down their only other option in Calgary, uh, which was the corral, which was right next door to the saddle dome. Um, having said that, um, the, the reality is the flames are going to stay in the saddle dome for the foreseeable future. And that's just how it's going to be. Um, it certainly is arena that has issues compared to, you know, some of the modern rinks that have been built in the last 10 or 15 years, but uh, it works well as a, uh, as an arena. Uh, the ice surface is fine uh, and you can put 19,000 people in there. So it's not like the flames are going to be losing any money by, by playing there. So I guess the question to cut to the chase a little bit is, um, what comes next? Do you, do you just coast and play the games and see what happens? Do you do you do a little deal? Does as the owner, do you do you talk to other cities? Do you stir the pot in that way, or do you do you play diplomatically at this point after all this time? Well, um, I mean, hypothetical, of course. Hypothetically, of course. Uh, when the 2015 deal was shot down, pretty much immediately, uh, the Flames immediately went. To the well, if we don't get a, an arena, we're just going to pack up and leave. Oh. <laughs> uh, having said that, their first option was going to be Seattle, and there's now a, a team there, uh, so that's not an option. Um, if I go through my mental checklist on where could they actually move, about the only place that pops into my head is go back to Atlanta, where the team originally started, and they've pretty well established that they cannot support a hockey team. <laughs> in that <laughs> venue. So, uh, so I think the flames have maybe overplayed that a little bit much <laughs> and they can continue to threaten to move, but honestly, where are they going to go? I was going to say, Jim, I guess the only other than Quebec, and I know Dave loves when I bring that up, um, is Houston. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, uh, by, by the way, just as an American hockey fan, I don't want Calgary to move. Um, I'm not on that side of the, uh, on the fence. I, I love, yep. I love watching the flames, uh, when I'm mad about my own team, which is often recently, um, uh, the flames are one of the go-tos that I watch, whether they're bad or good, because 
if they're good, I can cheer for them a little bit. And if they're bad, I have no stake in that. Um, so, so moving them, uh, it, it also has to do with Brett, the Hitman heart and the Calgary stampede and the heart house and all that connection. Mm-hmm. that I have as a wrestling fan to Calgary. I immediately go to the Hitmen or the yep. flames. So I'm on the side of staying, but, right. um, I, I just, you lose hope sometimes because you, you watch a team that has fans like the flames do. Mm-hmm with the backing of that fan base and the history of it's hockey in Canada and all of that struggle to get a new arena. And then you look at a situation like Arizona who can't put 500 butts in the seat sometimes when they're doing well. And it just gets frustrating as a hockey fan. Cause you're like, I, you, you got two easy kind of easy situations to handle, move one, <laughs> fix the other. I just, I don't know. It just yep. feels helpless with the NHL right now. And, and I just really, I don't want to see Calgary leave for, for those who were thinking, I was like, move them. I don't <laughs> want that. Move, move Arizona. Don't move Calgary. I just There you go. Well, again, I think realistically there's nowhere that they could take the flames where they could make as much money as they currently make in Calgary, even in an arena that opened in 1983. Uh, and you call me old. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> myself as well. I mean, I, I remember the day it opened. Um, I don't, <laughs> but uh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's an old building by modern standards, yeah. uh, but it does the trick. They put that they, they sell the place out every single night that the flames are there. Um, so attendance isn't an issue. Uh, generating revenue in that manner isn't an issue. They would like to have more luxury boxes and the design of the saddle dome is such that there's no way that they could really refit that place to make it accommodate what the flames would like on their wish list. Yeah. That was, that was my next question or the building that is designed that way. You can't, I don't think you can do what they do. Did it Nassau or, or Seattle even. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not an architect. Those who did. Yeah. Guess. Yeah. Well, neither am I, <laughs> uh, but I, I've heard over the years that part of the issue with the saddle dome is that they're, the roof is not designed to hold any real weight. So the giant, oh. giant concerts that they would like to bring in are just yeah. simply not doable uh, because some of the big sets and what have you just won't work in there. Uh, the concourses are as big as they're going to get and they're tight. <laughs> Um, they were great in 83. They're not so much in 2022. Um, and yeah, uh, probably in order to refit that facility to make it work by a modern standard would cost another half billion dollars. So it doesn't make any sense to try to fix a problem that's not really fixable in conventional ways. So they're stuck with what they have. And I think that's part of perhaps the bargaining chip for the city. Uh, is that they do have a situation where the flames really have nowhere to go. I'll play a little, not a game here, but I, I want to get not a little personal. I want to get a little personal in this way. What, what would be, how do you see this going? What would you like to see? What idea maybe do you have in your head of that would make sense on paper at least? Well, there's a couple of things that can go down there. I mean, from my perspective, I think the Flames were trying to play the game the way the Oilers did when they got Rogers placed on. Because uh, if you go back into that history, they made a deal with the city. And just when they're about ready to break ground, uh, 
the owner of the Oilers, Dale Cates, pulled the plug and said, yeah, this isn't good enough for me anymore. I'm not comfortable. And he eventually renegotiated a deal whereby basically the city paid for everything and has given them free rent uh, forever and gives them all the gate receipts and all the concessions and this, that, and the other thing. And basically the the city foots the bill. So I think the Flames were hoping to be able to pull the same kind of a deal and the city was not on board because they were they had a foot out of that <laughs> out the door already uh, in terms of all that. So yeah. what I what I think the flames are hoping is that the city will come back to the negotiating table hat in hand and just say, what do you want? And we'll give it to you. Uh, I think the city is more inclined to go looking for other options in terms of uh, organizations that can bring more entertainment to a new facility so that uh, it's not just hockey and lacrosse playing in there, that there's a concert there every other week or a convention or a whatever. Uh, the, the place is popping and it's generating revenue for the city. How much of a factor do you think um, the way the ownership is structured is? So, uh, as you mentioned, it's not just, it's not just the Flames. Although, Easily, easy to say that the Flames are the biggest piece of that puzzle, but you also mm-hmm. have the Stampeders of the CFL, you have the, the Junior Hitmen, you have um, the lacrosse team, and I don't know, I, I, as an outsider, I would look at all three entities, all three of the other entities, and I would say that they would, as compared to the rest of their leagues, the WHL, the CFL, um, National Lacrosse League, I would say that those are three entities that are are financially are, are in pretty decent shape. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that having all four of those entities owned by one group is a factor that um, I guess is a strength for Calgary? Like for for the owner, yeah, you can't move say, everybody. We're we're <laughs> okay. We're moving. We're going to move to Houston. Well, you know. You're not taking the the Calgary Hitmen to Houston, right? Right. And you're not taking the Stampeders, and you're probably not taking the Roughnecks because, well, there's a team in Dallas now for lacrosse, so uh, that gets Texas pretty busy (laughs) uh, with a sport that I think they're still trying to figure out. Um, And they have enough problems. Exactly. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I, I think that does give a certain amount of leverage to the city uh over over the CSEC uh because yeah they do have to sort of deal with four teams and assuming they get this arena deal done in the not too distant future uh the facility where the Stampeders play McMahon Stadium uh was built in 1969 uh and it is really old um they've done some things over the years to make it a little bit more fan friendly but again it's it's a situation where uh it's a 50 year old building that uh, just doesn't get her done when you're trying to cram 40,000 people into it uh so that's the next thing on the agenda you build the it, rink and then you start fighting over putting a new football stadium in town is that on university property yes there's your opening right there like Saskatchewan did it uh, Winnipeg did it. They got they got money out of the government because mm-hmm. it was on public university land, and of course, the local universities were going to use the those facilities yeah. also. Yeah, 
and the University of Calgary, uh, the Dinos do play their football games at McMahon as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's probably some government money there uh, to build that new place. Um, frankly, if they were going to build one of those multi-purpose facilities with a football field and a hockey rink, that's kind of where it should go, is up where McMahon Stadium is, in my opinion. Um, it just makes more sense geographically to me, but uh, that doesn't seem to be on the table. So, um, yeah. Um, again, uh, it comes down to a fact where having four different teams, I think the CSEC thinks they have a certain amount of leverage because they can pull four teams and a bunch of potential revenue out of the city all at once. But again, I don't really see where they could take those teams. So uh, it sort of ties their hands in, in a couple of different ways. Now, what about uh, what about the economy in in Calgary and Alberta? I mean, to me, as a as an Easterner, uh, it, it seems to be kind of a, a, a boomer bust economy when the oil's flowing. It's it's booming, and when it's not, it's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, my first question would be like, where do you see the Alberta economy right now, and how much of a factor, um, from like a city point of view, do you think it has mm-hmm. in the well, this in the whole negotiation? Yeah, at this exact moment in time, there are people dancing in the streets in Calgary. Uh, because the price of oil is going through the roof uh, and all of a sudden the provincial government is patting themselves on the back for balancing the budget in the space of one year because oil is selling for $92 a barrel and not 50 like they had anticipated. Uh, So uh, Calgary's economy is liable to get a real big spike uh, in the short term, assuming that those prices stay steady. Um, And that's good news. uh, And that could loosen up the purse strings a little bit. Uh, That's been part of that whole negotiation is that when the price of oil bottomed out in 2014, there was no real appetite in the city to be spending a bunch of money on a big capital project, particularly for a hockey team uh, when people were getting, you know, unemployed left and right. (laughs) Uh, To this day, Calgary still, I think, has is top three in Canada for highest unemployment rate uh, still going back to 2014. Uh, so yeah, the, the overall uh, sent sentiment in, in Calgary and in Alberta overall is blowing a bunch of money on something like this kind of seems frivolous. Um, but again, that attitude may very well change if if the price of oil stays through the roof over the I, next six or eight months. I got a solution. Put the team in Atlanta for a year and refit the saddle dome. When that economy <laughs> goes up, bing, bang, boom, you're done. We're all good. There you go. Hey, I got, I got it, everybody. Why Hire do they me. Need to go to, they, they don't need to go to Atlanta. They can well, go no, to Lethbridge. It, yeah, but, 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 yeah, but you do the what the MLB couldn't do. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Come on, guys. Million dollar deal here. No. Yeah. That's a bad idea. All right. <laughs> well, you could consult with Atlanta about how to burn through stadiums really quickly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, what did you hey, what did you do? Because we need one and it's been like three times longer. What do you gotta do? <laughs> but yeah, I so, mean 
ultimately the whole holdup and uh, why has this not gotten built years ago or even started really comes down to uh, the political appetite in the city and, and provincially. Um, so, yeah, that could very well change in a very short period of time if, if everybody's suddenly driving BMWs again by the summer. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, all of a sudden they might start going, well, we can blow a bunch of money now. So we're good. Jim, what's the uh, what's the feeling up there um, right now? Watch this unfold because you have a ever since COVID and you mentioned before everybody losing their job left and right. And there's been a lot more vocal. And I, in my opinion, and I don't think anybody here would disagree. Uh, there's been a lot. The service industry and the people who work are being more vocal about how they're treated and what they get out of it. Um, what's the attitude of the fans and the people like in town when you see ownership arguing with the town uh hopefully people are siding with the town a little bit more like <laughs> what's your perception of everything going on well that's i think very much the situation um Good. that the city of calgary in particular has been suffering for eight years uh and so listening to a group of you know, multimillionaires and billionaires complaining that this costs too much and that the city needs to pick up a bigger piece uh, when folks are wondering where their next house is coming from right, or their exactly. next house payment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't really want to hear it. Uh, yeah. I think, generally speaking, they would really like to have a new arena and there's a lot of enthusiasm behind making that happen, but there isn't a lot of enthusiasm about their you know, their municipal tax rate going up by 15% to cover the cost of a rink. It's just, it didn't occur to me until uh, Kelly and I watched a video on football stadiums and the economy and and money going into that and the situation in Miami, you know, with the Marlins and all of that, where it didn't occur to me, like, the brass balls you have to have to ask a city or the citizens to up their tax when you're talking about pocket change to an owner and, you know, it goes into the whole baseball thing, which is all mm-hmm. the Craig Lagan's whole nut of podcast, HNP. Uh, but it's just it's it's mind boggling to me to to see that even be on the table in 2022 at all. When building a building like that, it just I can't fathom it anymore. You mm-hmm. got billions. Buy, build a new stadium, dude. You want to own the team? I'll pay you. I will yep. buy your merch. I will buy your jerseys. I will pay for the tickets. But mm-hmm. you buy you you build the arena, dude. Have at it. That's just well, exactly. And I mean, at this exact moment in time, the the land where that arena was going to go is prepped. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just need to put shovels in the ground. So, if the Flames were to make an announcement tomorrow and say we're just going to pay for it and that'll be it, then. You know, again, there'd be dancing in the streets and everybody'd be happy. <laughs> then we'll uh, know that the world is ending. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's, oh, that's, that's going to play that, out. <laughs> that's that's the that's the world ending line with everything else. That was it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just oh, forget it. We'll just pay ourselves. Calgary's happy. <laughs> okay, it's the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the ownership there are used to a universe in which teams go to the city in which they play and say, we'd like a new place now. And the city says, okay, here's a check. Just do what you want to do. Uh, and that is not the world that 
Calgary exists in, and it seems to be changing uh, around the sports world as well, bit by bit. Good. Well, it, it seems to me that Edmonton is a bit of an outlier in Canada, right? Like for, for Edmonton to get all that city money, like <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen in Toronto and that didn't happen in Montreal when they were building theirs. Now, you know, keep in mind that it's Toronto, Montreal, and mm-hmm. those teams have zero leverage to move anywhere, right? That's the difference, um, right? But, but you know, Ottawa, Ottawa built their own. You know, I mean, now people complain about it, but they still built their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, it just uh, to me from from what I've seen, like it's just a whole different world up here when it comes to public money and sports facilities. For uh, sure. To the point where, you know, when Winnipeg um, and Saskatchewan built their football stadiums, they had to really kind of maneuver and and they had to, you know, go through the whole university system and all that jazz to to get money out of the government to build to build those. It's, you know, the, the whole Edmonton thing just seems a little a little uh, odd mm-hmm. for for Canada. I don't know how Vancouver came about theirs. I don't know if they paid for them themselves or if the city was involved or mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. They have yeah, a they had a riot burn down clause where they would put money back into it after no, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry Vancouver, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't speak to Vancouver, but uh, certainly in the Edmonton case, uh, once they were close on getting that deal done, uh, their mayor at the time really wanted something that he could put on his resume as his legacy item. This is the thing that I did. Uh, and so he was prepared to move heaven and earth to make it happen, whether it made sense financially or not. Um, so, yeah, the city of Edmonton can thank Stephen Mandel for making that get done um and the area around the arena which was a little bit sketchy at the time has really grown up and become uh mature and full of business and people uh in a very short period of time which is great for that part of downtown uh the downside is that most of the businesses that moved there moved from somewhere else in downtown so there are now large chunks of downtown edmonton that are standing empty (laughs) Uh, so the net gain for the city is questionable. Uh, is is Rogers Place as as good as they say? It's a really nice rink. Um, there's a couple of things that I don't love about it. Um, one of which is the access to washroom facilities, uh, which in a building that opened six years ago shouldn't be a problem, but. It kind of is. They they have shockingly long lineups uh, during intermissions, um, which you would have thought they could have planned for. Uh, but Do they still I mean, have signs everywhere that say "Don't lean forward." I haven't noticed them, but I wouldn't be too <laughs> surprised. Uh, the The whole facility, the all the seating areas are very cantilevered, so that you're kind of right on top of the action. Uh, so you really don't want to lean forward because that could go badly for you and you could wind up in the next uh that's that's well, you could you could wind up on the rink <laughs> that's the one thing i remember from going to see the oilers is there's signs everywhere that say don't yep. lean forward all right so wait, that, I, have to, then, I have to ask why can't you lean forward will you fall over or will you just block the no the people behind you? you won't be able to right see. right that's yeah. what i figured yeah yeah that and the uh and the five college 
kids who drove from um, Anchorage, Alaska, and who were just like <laughs> totally smashed throughout the whole game. That's what I remember about my my trip to Edmonton to see the Oilers. <laughs> Yeah, there's always a handful of those at every game. So what yeah, is, is is Rogers Place all it's uh, cracked up to be? I would say yes. Uh, it's it's a great facility. The food is good. Uh, the sight lines everywhere are top notch, and that uh, jumbotron monstrosity in the middle of it is just humongous. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great place to go watch a hockey game. Uh, is there? I mean, Bettman's been pretty quiet as of late. Um, I don't know whether it's COVID or whether it's having to, you know, hide his head while the Arizona Coyotes play in a five thousand seat arena. I, I, I don't know. He can't keep up with Manfred these days. <laughs> If I just yeah. say nothing, then I'll be good. <laughs> um, is what kind of what kind of talk is there, if any, from you know the alumni? Uh, you know, I haven't really heard anything since uh, since things kind of died down after the announcement that the deal was dead. Uh, so, kind of like the way the case went with. Calgary next when it got shot down things got very quiet for a short period of time I'm operating on the assumption that uh, people are talking behind closed doors and trying to get things going again uh, but alumni haven't really said anything uh, Bettman who give him an opportunity to complain about the saddle dome and he will usually take it uh, he's been shockingly quiet on the subject um, so yeah um, it's it's been it's been unnervingly quiet about what's going on with that because for for several years we were getting news uh like every two weeks and we're going on almost two months now without really any update yeah this has been a real interesting saga to follow uh i was just trying to think about how many new arenas have been built since we last had you on the show I, I mean, I that's can just think of like at least two. Years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, are we going to have you on the show again in another couple of years, and uh, we'll do a we'll do an update on the new stadium that's going to be agreed to in Calgary? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we're, if I'm back here talking about it uh, over the summer, uh, once the season is done and everybody has a chance to uh, come back at it with cooler heads and see what they can do. Um, I, I wouldn't be super surprised if, if they start renegotiating, uh, even if it's just going all the way back to square one and starting from scratch. Um, but yeah, um, it could be, it could be six months or it could be six years. Who knows? Um, my, my gut feeling is that it'll happen faster than, than longer because they've been talking about it for so long and they were so close to shovels in the ground that I think at least within the, the parties involved in putting up the money for it uh there's a certain amount of interest in making this happen one way or the other well and the longer the longer you wait in between the more it's going to cost right like absolutely the work that the work that is done 
then ceases to be valid or you got to go back and recost out things and those mm-hmm. kinds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And again, Calgary's had sort of firsthand experience with that. Um, the newest hospital in Calgary, which is way in the deep South of the city uh, was originally proposed. I want to say in 2003 and they didn't start building it until more than a decade after that. Uh, and the price had more than doubled in that period of time. Uh, so what could have been a pretty sweet deal when they first started talking about it wound up being really, really expensive, uncomfortably so. Uh, so again, I think there's a certain amount of motivation to try to make this happen before this turns into a billion dollar deal up from the 630 that they're already at. And besides, the letter H doesn't look good with little flames popping off of the side of it anyway. So It really doesn't. <laughs> well, all right, Jay. So uh, um, thanks for coming back on and talking about the Saddle Dome. And, the, and what, what, is it, what did you title this episode, Dave? The Drama in Calgary? That's what I titled it, but I think Dan was going to call it something else. No, no. Calgary Arena Drama. I just okay. copy and pasted that one. All right. What so, else do you call it? Calgary Cluster? Well, I thought that was what you were going to Hey, call I kind of like that. <laughs> Man, that means I got to redo it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I'm going to call it that. I'm going to edit it, of course. I'm going to censor it. But, yeah, I'm going to call it that. So, so Jim, um, I'm going to let our our, uh, our listeners know what you told us before you started. You've got the most Canadian reason for having to, to leave us tonight. Um, so before we let you go, you're off to go curling, right? That is absolutely correct. We got four more <laughs> weeks to go. Are you the skip? Yes, I am. Oh, nice. Uh, you get to yell nice. at people. Yeah. Um, I get to yell at people. I get to stand there and do nothing while other people are working. Um, and uh, if we lose, it's all my fault. Because at the end of the day with curling, if the last shot of every end isn't made, you lose. Uh, and that's the skip's job. So uh, love to assign blame to the rest of the guys. But <laughs> every time we put up an L on the board, that's that's all me. So no pressure, though. Not at all. Not at all. So do you want to let our listeners know where they can uh, find you online and uh, follow your curling adventures and, and more? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram uh, at Lethbridge Jimbo. Uh, so that's probably your easiest ways to hunt me down and follow along my adventures. To poor church, don't hunt him down. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Just say hello. Yeah. people. He's, like- a, nice, he's a nice man. All right, Jim, again, thanks for coming back on, and uh, we'll look to see you on again uh, as we update this story going forward. Happy to be on. So that's all the time we have tonight. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone for listening. It's what happens when you try to talk too quickly. You're out of practice. That's it. You know, I take a show off, lose everything. Uh, So uh, what do we do here? Outro time. Dan. Where can our listeners follow you? Follow me at DanLaw83. Hey, Mark, any stadium <laughs> journeys planned for the next couple of weeks? And where can our listeners follow you online? And you can follow me at Ballpark Hunter on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Ooh, I know college baseball is just about to begin out here, so looking to hit Purdue and uh, Indiana University. And, of course, uh, today starts March Madness. I mean, um, yeah, March Madness, a.k.a. Hoosier Hysteria, high school sectionals and regionals. So I'll probably be somewhere this weekend. Just don't know where. Ballpark Hunter. 
And, and in between that, all of that, you're still finding time to record like 12 podcasts a week, man. It's been incredible listening to all your content that's been going oh, on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I have a few okay. that uh, I still have to upload, and I have an interview tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, very, very quick and easy. You put it up there, but yeah, it is kind of catching up to me. I have been <laughs> exhausted lately, so I just want to go home and go right to bed and, and have somebody feed me. That's believe it. me. So, I know, I know the feeling, Mark. Yeah. I've been so busy the last oh. month. Uh, anyway, myself thin, story. but not body wise. Okay. <laughs> just real quick for those following the pork roll saga. The two yes. Jersey Blazers are going to have a pork roll episode very, very soon. So keep very it soon. And no one is going to hear it to say we can't or complain. So yes, exactly. <laughs> I guess that means we're not invited. Now you could come. <laughs> well, you called somebody called it baloney, and you called it a egg McMuffin meat. Which <laughs> no, you can't come. No. Yeah, you know what? Now if, that you, you're not you know from what? Jersey, you don't get it. <laughs> By the way, just just to FYI, that place I went to to get it this week, uh, this past week. It's in, it says egg, cheese, pork roll, um, parentheses, Taylor ham, Taylor ham and yeah. the, on a bagel. I was like, you know what? I'm okay. God forbid. I'm okay. Well, if you, just in case somebody from Bergen County's there, you know, you don't want to tick them off. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, Dave, stadium journeys for you. Oh, yeah, Dave's here. Let's follow you. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Profan9. Uh, today, Ontario has uh, opened the doors and um, full capacity at all uh, sporting events. So uh, it's it's hit the ground running again. Uh, just found out today I'm going to be covering the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday. Uh, OUA hockey and basketball is kicked back into gear. So we got some Laurier Golden Hawks. And then some OHL hockey. Uh, I got a Rangers, Kitchen Rangers. I got the Barry Colts. And uh, one of my absolute favorites coming up, the Sudbury Wolves with the uh, with the wolf on the rope, which is um, one of the kitschiest, most awesome things ever. Uh, but I must be a little remiss and, and, and a little upset that none of you looked at my LinkedIn page. Uh, and congratulated me uh, on my 11 years, 11 years of journey, journey anniversary Dave. yesterday. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I just popped up on mine today. So <laughs> congratulations, Dave. 11 years. Yeah, no doubt. Is there anybody else around us who's, who's, 11 years, who's crazy enough to have been stadium journey 11 years? I don't know. No, you know, I, no. I saw my, I saw us an article I wrote on Facebook that popped up from 2014. I'm like, wow, has it been that long? And, and that's not quite anywhere close to 11 years. So no, I'm coming up on eight this summer, I believe. So. Alrighty. So anyway, I want to say Instagram pro fan nine. Yeah. Oh, let's see for me. Let's see. After the, the uh, disappointment and depression of last weekend, uh, I actually had four of my team's seasons end within a span of 24 hours last weekend. It was just an incredible, incredible weekend. The month of February, I think I did PA for over 30 games in the month of February. So I'm done now. So attention all baseball teams, uh, lacrosse teams, anybody doing summer sports. I'm free all summer. You need somebody. Let me know if you're USFL or whatever you're going to get called. Yeah, USFL. I mean, I, I don't think they have a team in Southeastern Mass or Rhode Island, but hey. Canton, I they're playing their available. championship game in Canton. That's about a four and a half hour drive for me. 
Dude, all, all the USFL back to back. teams, back all to the back. USFL teams, no matter where they say they're playing, they're all playing in Alabama. I was going to say, yeah, they're not them. even – I only figured that out because I asked, are they playing at the link? Did they make a deal with the Eagles? They're like, they're playing in Alabama. I'm like, I don't yeah. care about that at all. The whole league's taking place there, right? No, I know that. Yeah, they're all playing in there, and, and that's – I get it. It's to get I, the I tell you, those Michigan star jerseys, they still look good. The Michigan Star Jerseys? I'm sorry, the Michigan Panthers. I'm getting my USFL teams mixed up. You know what? <laughs> you know what? We'll talk about that on the next show. Hey, Paul, kill it, please. Where, where was I? Oh, yeah, next couple of weeks. I actually, uh, I'm going to jump back into stadium journey this Saturday going up to UMass Amherst. Not UMass Dartmouth, UMass Amherst. Going to catch a hockey game up there this Saturday. And then we'll see after that. So you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. And remember, you can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels. Find us at, at you know, that at thing. What's that? What is that in real life? It's not an at sign. It's an ampersand. No, ampersand is the and sign. And. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. The A with the circle. It's got a real name. Tune in next week. We'll tell you what it is. <laughs> but anyway, we are at Stadium Journey. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. Video simulcasts of the Stadium Journey podcast are on our YouTube page. And our classic episodes can still be found at VOCNation.com. Join us for live streams every other Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time at DanLaw.tv. And I think we're setting the clocks back before the next show. Is that correct? Around that time, anyway. But anyway, in two weeks, we'll be back. That'll make it March 15th, when we're going to try to put the journey back in Stadium Journey and recap of our, all of our travels over the past couple months. Dan? Well, two things. We will be back in two weeks to put the journey in Stadium Journey, but next week, we are going to have a baseball lockout episode, a quick one. Overtime. Overtime. And Dan's going to ask a dumb question about the USFL. And it is called an ampersand. It is. Yes. I thought. I thought that was the. That's what I thought, too. And it said ampersand. What do you call it? You were right. Mark, you were right. So um, thanks, everyone, for your support. Thanks to Jim Flannery for joining us tonight. So for Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul. Wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road real soon. Be safe out there. Across the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere.